Hi, ever wonder what it's like to work another profession or live in the underworld? Listen to Unsuspecting Riders give a 10 to 15 minute personal masterclass as I spontaneously interview them as they enter my taxi. I'm your host, Simon Rushton, and this is Taxi Chronicles. Morning, morning, morning. Yes, we're back. Another episode, another rider, another story. Today we have the lovely Michelle. She is a sister. She is a lecturer and she's a lecturer who actually has practiced what she's teaching. So she's worked in the industry for how many years and now she's teaching for those who want to know. And she's going to tell us how she got into the industry what motivates her and generally what she's learned so here you are okay nice to have you here today michelle thank you very much for having me so tell us tell us a bit about yourself how you got into the industry why you chose the industry okay okay so i began working in um, the public sector mainly with charities and originally my work was around reducing homelessness and also helping vulnerable adults So as I progressed in that career, um, I began to be involved in tendering for new businesses. So that was where we were going for new contracts or trying to retain existing contracts. And a large part of that was marketing. So it was about publicising ourselves as a charity to commissioners and also to potential referrals and clients. So that got me really interested in marketing as a concept. So out of that, I took redundancy after some 16 and a half years with one company, having worked for about three or four. So then I decided that I would go back to higher education and I did a business and marketing degree and then got a specific job with a charity, an amazing charity in Brixton called the Mosaic Clubhouse. And there I was able to put into practice even more of what I'd learned, particularly around digital marketing. So I wasn't satisfied with a, um, with a graduate um, degree. So I went back as a postgrad and did an MBA. At that point, a really amazing lecturer, Neil Jones, um, said to me, look, you know, maybe you'd like to come and work with us. So come and shadow me. So I took annual leave once a week and I would go along and I would shadow Neil and then at the end of that period and that was for a whole trimester so it was about 12 weeks at the end of that period they invited me to come on board as a lecturer and that's how my journey started what did you learn during your experience which part of my experience educational let's do let's just answer for both. We're asked for both, but the first part will be about your working experience. Okay, so in my working experience, what I learned was that there's something really satisfying about helping other people, and also there's something satisfying about learning as you go and growing. And I've got naturally, I think I've got quite an inquisitive mind, so I, I always um, think and I write notes in the form of what you might call spider diagrams. So one thought leads on to another, onto another, etc. So, I mean, what I learned through my work experience was that there's a lot of change in the work environment 
and the me as an individual that suited my temperament because I don't like doing the same things over and over again I want to learn I want to explore so in my current role as a lecturer and I'm also a module leader um, in that role what I'm learning is that you know this is the most fantastic job for me it's so suited to my personality to my curiosity as a human being and to my love and curiosity about other human beings so i'm able to research i'm able to talk to um people who are my students a lot of our students where i work are mature students so it's really lovely and being able to meet and share ideas with other people and I think that, yeah, that's been the, the, the crux of my learning curve and what I've learned from my experiences so far. How long have you been a lecturer now? Okay, in January, um, it will be two years. Okay, that's good. That's good. So, if anybody wanted to be a lecturer, would mm -hmm. you what route would you tell them to take? Okay, so I would say that most universities, as a minimum, you need to have a master's. So you have to have a postgraduate qualification. And um, it, if you want to extend that further and widen your options, then you'd also need to have a PhD. That would let you into the door of all universities. Um, another good qualification to have is the um, postgraduate certificate in higher education. And, um, and that is a good qualification. That's a teaching qualification. The other thing that I would say is um, um, approach universities and talk to them about the skill set that you have, what you can offer, and then, you know, depending on where they're at at that time, then there might be um, a route for you to maybe shadow other lecturers, um, come in, do a bit of speaking as a guest lecturer. So the, those are the routes that I'm aware of, but being only two years in, Maybe, you know, there are other ones uh, that are yet to be discovered. I was thinking more on work experience. Okay. What I'm getting mm -hmm. is that being a lecturer is all about qualifications, mm. being qualified, mm. not necessarily bringing the experience. Absolutely. It's, is that, so that's the case? Um, I don't think it's always the case, but it's what, we, it's what I thought until, you know, I had my own experience. So what I would say to people is that if you're working in an industry and you have lots of experience, then I think that a good route, I mean, the only route that I'm aware of is the one that I took where you go back and you get a master's and then you start approaching universities. Mm. But I would say definitely doing the um, teaching qualification would be very, very, um, you know, advantageous to, is, is to there, you also. Sorry. Is there a demand for lecturers? Oh, absolutely. So, in essence, where that I forgot, the Chancellor is talking about job changing. Yes. There's many people who could be in the banking industry or whatever, or the arts, who could just get a master's and become lecturers. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, if, you're, um, if you have a career and you have experience, ideally, if you have some... Um, related qualification to your career so the example you gave of bankers um, they might have a I don't know they might have an accountancy qualification or economics. yeah or economics yeah absolutely so then I, I think that that would be an option for them as well mm -hmm. okay well 
If you were to do it all again, yes, what would you change? Well, given the level of job satisfaction that I have at the moment, I feel that what I would change is going into academia far earlier than I have. Um, I would have taken higher education more seriously when I was younger, um, probably saved myself a lot of money <laughs> by doing so, because obviously the fees have gone up since then. Um, yeah, I would have crammed and got as, as many kind of um, higher education qualifications as possible, just so that, because I'm aware that it opens so many doors for you. Mm. As a lecturer, and this is just out of curiosity now, can you study other professions when you're a lecturer? Like yep. for, do you see what I mean? Like, can you, let's say you're a lecturer and you're marketing branding, can you decide that you wanted to do an economics lecture and, a, and the uni just say, yeah, okay, fair enough? Oh, right, okay. Or do you have to stay in your field? Okay. The thing that I like about where I work is that they do give people the opportunity to teach on other modules. And that could be in other disciplines as well. So they don't pigeonhole you. So it is possible because once you know how to lecture and you know how to research, then as long as you have the baseline materials and the support of your module leader, you should, in essence, be able to um, lecture across other disciplines. Okay, that's good, that's good. However, I must say <laughs> that if they were to try to ask me to lecture on maths, then uh, I would really struggle because maths is not my strong point. I'm definitely more about English and like technology. But, yeah. yeah, I suppose we can all develop that. But I understand what you're saying. Maths is not my strong point either in, in that respect. So you've secured yourself well. Um, well, I feel secure at the moment because where I work, um, the student numbers are increasing and that isn't that can't be said of all universities in the UK. So I feel very privileged and like I've got, you know, at least three or four years um, security in terms of in terms of work. Yeah. Have, are you teaching on Zoom as well? Yes, yes, yes. How's that going for you? Um, I'm finding it really fascinating because ideally, I mean, I like face-to-face -face contact. I like being able to be in a classroom with my students and watch their reactions and know whether or not there's a level of understanding, um, whether they might have questions, being able to spot the more shyer students and give them the support that they might need. On Zoom, um, it, it's different tactics. It's, it's, it's really different. Um, I'm not distracted by the student who might be scrolling in their phone. However, I am distracted by the student who might be lying in their bed, who might be um, attending to their children. So there are different types of um, distractions. So that's been interesting for me. Also, um, but, sorry? So just to throw in there, because I was having a conversation with someone the other day about this, the beauty would be as a lecturer, you could say, like for instance, Sally. Yes. Is, it's study time now, so if you're not paying attention, let me know and I can remove you from the class. So you just press that button. Yes. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you do have the ability to do that. But for me, having worked with um, vulnerable adults, I realise that sometimes life gets in the way. So maybe Sally's distracted because something else is going on in her life. She's at home, so she's not able to block that out. So I, I'd be mindful of that. And the process where I work mm -hmm. is that, uh, you know, you 
you have it's quite an active learning approach mm -hmm. and so if somebody doesn't take part in an activity like doesn't join a breakout room or joins a breakout room but doesn't comment their cameras off then at that stage we will try to get a response from them and if that isn't forthcoming then unfortunately it may be that we remove them from the class mm. but it's very distressing for the student and you know as, as a lecturer I find it distressing as well because you know obviously I want as many people to benefit and to get value for money having paid nine and a half thousand pounds a year to get some value for money out of that as well mm -hmm. but I mean interestingly you know I've had some some funny experiences on zoom as well <laughs> so um a, a student who's got zoom on but at the same time um he's doing deliveries um a student who has got a cat who walks across the screen um no he was i think it's more amazon i think he was an amazon driver so um he had his camera on all the time so we were all able to enjoy the joys of him popping in and out of the screen um you know Did he have to have his camera on um we prefer students to have their camera on but in in that case um probably it wasn't the best thing because i'm sure other people could think that they could be at work and be learning at the same time and um, not really focusing no it, it's not possible to focus the good thing about um the process that we have is that we actually record all of the lessons so then they're uploaded onto the virtual learning environment yeah. which is a web page in yeah. essence and so students can look back um, that is a bit of a double-edged sword because um, I'm aware that some students won't bother to attend or might attend switch on their camera go about their business and then come back and watch the lecture at a later date but then the problem is if they weren't there they couldn't ask the questions absolutely so they may come back to you later on probably a high chance that they won't but if they do you can say well why weren't you in the class yeah that will take a lot of um kind of data analysis on my part to be able to go back to the class and look at all the attendance etc and maybe review some yeah, of the yeah, videos a lot of people. how many people in a class for when you're on zoom um it can be up to about 50 okay. some in some modules i know it's slightly higher yeah, so, so so that's a lot of people to keep, pay attention to and to monitor, but we, we get through it. I've been on Zoom calls and there's up to 250 of us. Really? Yeah, ridiculous. What were you talking about? It was, um, it was a supplement company called, oh, what was it? Nutrition, not nutrition, Herbalife. Oh, Herbalife, yes. Yeah, yeah. so they do their... This is years, years ago. Okay. So they were using Zoom. Okay. And, um, yeah. Thought, yeah. I bet you thought you'd never see Zoom again. <laughs> well, as a podcaster, when yes. I was learning to be a podcaster, we did... We learned on Zoom virtually. Right, okay. And so that was... What was it? 76 of us originally. Right, when right. When we joined the class or something like that. So okay. that's quite a few of us. Okay. And you're, you've got a small window, really. And you're trying to get your questions in and yes. paying attention and yes. yeah and things like that. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was good. I just wish I bought shares in Zoom. That's what I said. <laughs> Don't we all? And Facebook and Amazon, etc., etc. No, Bitcoin yeah, in the early no, days. No, you know what? I never used Facebook, so I could accept that. But I'm yes. an average user of Zoom. Oh, I understand. And I still am. I, yes. I do my other podcast, Africa Investor Stories. So I. So oh, I want to hear about yeah. that. So I. Um, well, there's a 
uh, thing there. You can follow us on there. Yes. A poster, sorry. Okay. Um, so, because I'm an average user of something, and at the beginning, or what I knew was to be the beginning, mm-hmm. um, it, it would have been a great idea. Yes. But, um, you know, you can't win them all. Alas. <laughs> you can't win them all. It's just one of those things, really. Yeah. In that respect. Mm-hmm. So, are you... Are you a sporty person? What's your hobbies? I love walking, and um, me and my partner walked quite a bit last year. Uh, that word, sorry, I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, substitute that. Me and my boyfriend <laughs> walked quite a bit last year, and um, to raise money for sickle cell. Okay. So we did a Thames challenge. So we walked across all of the London bridges. Um, How far down to Chiswick? All of them. So we started. Oh, let me try to remember where we started. We started in Richmond somewhere, yeah. and then we ended up in central London. What, so, did you go down to Dartford? No. That's all the bridges. Really? Yeah. Dartford? Yeah, Dartford's got a bridge, isn't it? Is it a London bridge, though? It's, sorry, is it a, tem- a bridge no, that crosses the Thames? Yeah, sorry. It crosses the Thames. It's Does a it? bridge. Okay, no. Massive, I don't think you can walk across, you get blown off. No, no, only the London <laughs> ones. Only the London ones. Dartford comes in. I suppose it's outside. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's outside the M25. So yeah. It's outside London, no, right? only so the London no, ones. So the last bridge would be Tower Bridge, then. Yes. Bridge yeah, that's right. Bridge, that's right. That's right. That's okay. right. So I like walking as a result of training for that, and but I'm even more passionate about hot yoga. That is just amazing, but. Mm. Given the science uh, around the COVID-19, I'm a little bit reluctant to go back into the hot yoga student at, studio at the moment. Can you imagine all that heat and breathing? And you know <laughs> it's what? not. Yes. Heat. To me, the, remember, they, COVID is meant to be destroyed by heat. That's why we okay. had low figures in the summer. Okay. Uh, so, I thought it was because people were outside more and the windows were open more, so it wasn't really well, circulating. People outside regardless. Uh, in the summer, I, I'd, I'd argue that you probably would have more footfall outside than in, right. on a day like this. In the summer, you've got people lounging around outside, mm-hmm. on the grass, wherever, like on this piece of grass on the right. In the winter, people are out shopping. Mm. Do you see what I mean? They're out on mass shopping, they're out on mass doing what have you. So they're still out. But okay. as we know, in these seasons, you get the flu. Yes. You yeah. understand? Yeah. So that's where, to me, it comes down to the heat based on what I know so far. Okay. The heat thing. That's why, like in Africa, you don't really get any cases. Okay. And, and all the different things. But we won't go into that. <laughs> and I have to rename this episode and then YouTube will ban it. Ban it. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want that. Yeah, there's a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. But, um... Oh, yeah, walking's great. Yeah. Have you ever done Mount Snowdon? No. No, no, I haven't gone that far. Yeah, <laughs> no. I think the yeah. steepest slopes that we walked in our training was um, a, a place in, I can't remember where it is, I think Surrey somewhere, called Box Hill. Yeah, I know Box Yeah, is that in Surrey? Yeah, well, it's South London, South mm-hmm. Wales, the actually. It's like, I went, I used to live in Shirley at one point. Oh, yes. And there's great forests. There's a long forest along a ridge line. Then it goes out, opens out onto fields. Okay. It's really nice. I used to go jogging like three in the morning. Wow. And stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, so I used to love all of that. And I, when I used to live in Kenya. Yes. We used to, oh, now to, you're showing off. When you used to live in Kenya, just drop it in there. No, <laughs> it's just one of those things. Yes. I used to take 
um, I used to have a gym. I owned a gym, and we used to go on thirty-mile hikes. Wow! On the on Saturdays, it used to be great. Why did you come to dreary, drizzly well, UK? Back, yeah, why? That's oh, right. a whole other story. Okay. You will surely hear that on my Africa Investor podcast. Okay, good. And things like that. Yeah, but um, it was it was an interesting one. It's a great experience and things like that. Last but not least, yes. What's the impact you want to have on the world? Um, that's an interesting question. I think f- for me, um, and because of my exposure to charitable work, not only through what I've done personally, but certainly through um, a great friend of mine, um, Mr. Anthony King. Um, you know, just giving, just that people should be nice to each other, they should try to be their best self, and, you know, just be have some level of emotional intelligence uh what i found is that as human beings sometimes your your maturity in age isn't matched by your maturity emotionally so for me i'm really into emotional intelligence and that would i mean my impact would be just like spreading that message and encouraging people to um try and act their age and not their shoe size at times you know we would get ourselves out of so many issues with each other and with the world in general you know if we would just have a bit of rational thinking less emotional yeah i think so no it's straight ahead where are you going you're going to go around this and take oh really okay um um, that's what i always say and i get told off for saying less emotional okay um if you, I was talking to a, was it a corporate lawyer yesterday? Yes. Yes. And he deals with major, what does he do? Major breakups, divorces, okay. celebrities, and all of that. Yes. Yeah. He said it gets really dirty. Yes. And I said to him, so if people, if people were just able to deal with logic and put their emotions aside, mm-hmm. then it'd be smooth sailing. And he went quiet, and mm-hmm. he said. Actually, you're right. Yeah, yeah. But that's the thing, isn't it? Um, I mean, when it comes to relationships, you we all understand. I think that um, you know people get hurt, particularly in relationship breakups. Mm -hmm. So therefore, it's a bit hard to avoid a bit of emotion. But at some point, you have to set that aside and be practical, Mm. particularly where there are families involved. I, I believe they should teach about relationships in school. I believe they should teach about economics and geopolitics in school. Yeah. But relationships, <laughs> because it will remove a lot of murders. Uh, it depends people... on who's teaching. I'm a bit worried about somebody teaching my child about relationships, because I don't know if they will be coming from the same moral compass as me. Oh, yeah. I, when I say this, I mean, like, my thing is very short, like a niche subject within relationship. It's more of the fact that you will meet somebody someday and you will think the world of them. Mm-hmm. And they will appear to think the world of you. Mm. And then they'll change their mind. Okay. And it will hurt more than anything. Mm-hmm. But you don't lose your self about it. Yes. You need to be able to accept it. Yes. Now, remember this day I told you. Yes. Because later on when it happens, mm-hmm. you're going to remember mm-hmm. what did so-and-so say. Mm-hmm. And this is what you need to do. Mm-hmm. But when people aren't told that in advance, it's like military. I'm ex-military. So if you, mm-hmm. when you're prepared, 
if someone gets shot, you do this. You mm -hmm. roll them on the side of their lung, there's damage, so they can breathe easy on the other side of their lung. You put confession, you talk to them about something else, whatever, blah, 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 that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So when it happens, you're not, you're in control you're of the situation. You're not shocked, yeah. <laughs> you're in the control of the situation, do you understand? Even down to self-help. If you're not told, and now someone's trying to tell you why you're dealing with it, you're going to be flapping. Mm. And yes, me, that's a yes. basic kind of yeah. class. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be years long. That probably doesn't even have to be months long. Mm -hmm. It just has to be explained that, listen, and why you want to keep yourself together. You want to have your self-respect, your dignity, and all these things. And if you really want to get revenge, do better than them. Okay. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's one school of thought, yeah. Some, some guy, I heard some guy on the radio one time said, his his best form of revenge mm -hmm. was to become successful. Mm. But you would like to think that your success is more off of your own steam rather than a, um, a vengeful thinking about others. Doesn't matter what it is. Mm, I don't know. Because I don't know, because then does it make you truly happy because you're doing it based on a response to someone else rather than a response to yourself and to your own, you know, in, mm. internal desires? What I would say to that is what you're speaking of is the niceties in life. Really? <laughs> the reality is, yes. if you can channel a negative energy into something positive, okay. then that's what it's about. Okay, okay. Do, do yeah, you see what I mean? Yeah, I do, I yeah, do. Or were you going to sit there and mope? No, no. Thank you. So, if you know, I don't know if you've got children or something. Yes, yes. I've got two beautiful daughters. Okay, so your daughters, you know, if they're beautiful, I assume they're beautiful like you. you don't want Inside and hurt. out. You don't want them being hurt. But if there's no. some guy who comes along mm -hmm. and now he talks whatever rubbish to them. <laughs> and if they can better themselves, yes. you know, they become that singer that they, they said he said that they couldn't. Mm -hmm. And now, you know. Yeah. Yeah, okay, as an alternative to moping around and yeah, or being yeah. bitter, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just throw your energy into that and you'll find that positive energy you will connect and roll like a like a snowball. Yes. And turn into an avalanche of positivity. Mm. Yeah. Indeed. But, I'm okay. at my destination. Thanks a lot for that interview. You're welcome, thank you. We hope you liked that interview. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe to get the latest daily episode. Ever considered investing in a continent with the fastest growing economy and population on Earth? The same continent that holds 30% of the world's known natural resources? Then listen to our sister podcast, Africa Investor Stories, where you will hear real investors with real stories from around the world Share the experience of investing in Africa. We post Monday and Thursday at 10am.